It is something. Have a good day. Something. Dear friends. Well, no, it's like yippee ki like Mother Friday or Mother something Trucker like that. Mother Trucker maybe or something. It's something that's absurd. It's like way different than like, it doesn't yeah. sound like fucker at all. Well, that's my favorite part in Kill Bill on TV where they what do the, you? your name is Buck. Yeah. And you like to party. <laughs> and it's like an Asian like teen dubbed over Uma Thurman's voice for some reason. Party. Party. <laughs> you said you had a cold open. Yeah, go on. Um... <laughs> Make believe money. Make believe money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance. Make believe money. So I know Damon came up with this idea. This is my favorite idea we have recorded on. What, Die Hard? I just love the idea of would it oh, be... Would it be cheaper to... to let Hans Gruber yeah. walk away with the money. That's uh, just so brilliant. I like You said that, and I was like, would it? I don't know. <laughs> I was very confident in that statement until we rewatched it oh, last yeah, night. Oh, yeah, now I don't know. And I was like, $640 million is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. <laughs> well, there's a twist. Oh, oh, I'm really excited. I thought of an angle, and I'm not going to give it away right now, and I would just want to have it in my back pocket and see if you bring it up. Okay. So, yeah. All right. All that said, welcome to Make Believe Money, uh, the podcast where we talk about uh, the financial ramifications of fantastical worlds. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan, Don't and I'm not dare. sure I'm giving that one to you. <laughs> That's like saying the financial implications of like Look, fantasy worlds is like saying what would happen if there was a real avatar we went and got stuff from. Oh, oh, could oh. we do that one? Oh, That's... yeah, absolutely. I think that's on our <laughs> list. But the, this is more the fantasy, the finances in fantasy worlds oh, right. and what, what they would... What it means would, for their world. Right, like if you extrapolated it into the real world, what would happen? All right, fine. I'm going to write down what I said in our fourth episode. You're not. I will. You should just record one and then, like, insert. In. Just edit it in every time. <laughs> yeah, we'll be in the middle of talking about something. It's the finances of... No, I'll do it. What are we talking about today, Dan? Yes. So we are talking about Die Hard. Oh. Um, as we get closer to the holidays, this is one of my favorite holiday movies, so I want to talk about it. But Damon came up with the idea, uh, as I may have or may not have mentioned. And the specific is, would it be cheaper to let Hans Gruber walk away with the money? <laughs> than trying to stop him, which is my favorite idea we recorded on. It's so fun to me. Uh, I like this very much. I think uh, we should do our ratings and then talk, yes. and then do a recap of the plot because yes. we were talking about this earlier that there are probably a few people out there who are not super familiar with the plot of Die Hard. Okay. True. You want to start? But go watch Die Hard. <laughs> but also, <laughs> go watch Die Hard. It's a great movie. Um, I, I, I like this movie a lot, and I've seen it a few times. I want to say three or four times. Um, and I have always had a real big crush on Bruce Willis. Um, yeah, I should do. You know, uh, I think that I'm going to only give myself like a three or a four on this one because uh, it is a movie that I lose the specifics of as soon as I finish watching it. And like we watched it two nights ago. Yeah. And I've already forgotten a bunch of specifics <laughs> that I was like, remember this one for when we're talking about it on the podcast. It's probably pretty important. Um, for myself, I would say, I'm going to say a seven, um, not necessarily for, 
uh, Die Hard Prime, but like I am a big fan of the franchise um, with a complicated relationship with it. What does that mean? Uh, because so my favorite one is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Which the, one is that? That's the third one. That's okay. the third one. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the best one. It's just my favorite one, sure. where like it's the most like it's the concept being is that the, the most one with Samuel L. Jackson. It is. Yes. Oh, I've yeah. seen that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just think it's the most fun. I think that the first one is the better movie. Um, I am not entertained by the second one in the least bit. Um, and the later ones I think are just kind of like they're. Okay. Bruce Willis starts to phone it in real hard once he, his hair disappears off his head. He does. Have it, you ever heard of the die hard hair scale? Oh, yeah. There's an actual thing where, like, how much hair you have. Like, if you're balding, you measure from die hard one to die hard five on the Bruce Willis scale. Because <laughs> you, you see his hair disappear over time. There's this podcast called they Science Versus. They referenced it on Science Versus yeah. recently. Yep. There was an episode about balding where they talked about, like, we want to see if you could bring your hair back from a... Die Hard 5 Four, to a Die to a Hard Die one. Hard 2 or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I would settle for a solid Hudson Hawk myself. Okay. Like, All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, nothing wrong with but I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I said seven. You said seven. Right? Yeah. Okay, I did yeah, say yeah. seven. That feels pretty solid. Yeah, so if you're a seven, I'm probably going to say like a five and a half or a six. Okay. I think probably out of this group, I don't know, Damon, you didn't give a number on it, but I've probably seen the first one the most out of anybody in this group because I watch it pretty much every holiday season and mm-hmm. have for. A decade. Sure. Um, I'm fine with that, yeah. But I have do not have the depth of knowledge on the rest of them. I watched one a lot, three a lot, two a handful of times, four like once. I'm not even sure I've ever seen five, to be quite honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I did like a soft viewing of five at a party. Like, not yeah. a party, but like a hangout with people once. Is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? No, Shia LaBeouf's never been in. Oh no! Yeah, the most recent one, right? No, he's like his daughter's boyfriend. No, um, you're thinking interwebs. of Justin Long, probably. Oh, who... why did I think of Shia LaBeouf instead of Justin Long? I love Justin Long. He was great in it. Okay. Um, like I thought it was, it was fun. You know, well, um, it's one of those movies that like didn't need to get made, but I guess if you're gonna. Yeah, I have. A, I <laughs> think that like. Clearly, like I think the first Die Hard needed to happen when it when it happened, sure. but it's almost like it. If you could compress all of them to have come out in like a tighter schedule, and like if they had all happened alongside like the Fast and Furious thing, <laughs> like it would be a perfect franchise for that, you know, because yeah. it's just like it's like this slow ramp of like things get more complex, thing like things build on each other, they reference each other. Um, but it's just like it's stretched out over too long. It's like it's almost thirty years at this point, and that's like fair. that's well, a lot of time to to make movies within. I don't know. I know Damon that you know this, and maybe Dan, you already do too. But um, the movie was originally the guy who wrote the book adapted the movie so that um, Frank Sinatra could star in it. Well, S- Frank Sinatra technically starred in the initial novel oh, right. that precedes the novel that Die Hard is. Adapted from like Die Hard is a weird back sequel. Yeah, I knew some of that. Yeah, <laughs> but why don't we describe the plot of Die Hard? Yeah, um, because not everybody will have seen Die Hard. Yeah, sure. I uh, have a good analogy that I'm going to start with, but then good, I'm going good, to good. let you actually describe the plot. No, of Die I'm Hard. excited to hear this. Go for it. Die Hard uh-huh. is Home Alone. <laughs> if Kevin McAllister had a gun oh. and was a cop, think about it. It is Home Alone. If Kevin McAllister was lethal. If you make Kevin the McAllister, stakes a bit higher. <laughs> Kevin does have a gun. 
It's a BB gun, but he does have a gun. Well, I think you get my point. <laughs> well, if you There's no ho, gun. ho, ho, I have a machine yeah, gun. I have a machine gun now. I don't know. I don't think the wet bayonets were this clever. <laughs> That's fair. I'm um, an excellent thief. <laughs> um, Extraordinary? In summation, um, oh, his name just escaped my brain. Hans Gruber? No. John McClane? I had John McClane. Nakatomi? No. The building is that. Yeah. That's the name of the building. Uh, Bruce Willis, thank you very Bruce much, oh, all of you, for contributing. We've been very helpful well, to you we're with keeping no you context. in the fiction, all right? <laughs> um, so Bruce Willis plays John McClane, who is visiting his estranged wife in Los Angeles uh, over the holiday season. Yeah, he's Holly from New York. She, he's from New York. Um, it's very integral to his worldview, I think. Um, he's just... As everyone from New York. I, I forget. They like, yeah, that, yeah. They're, it's all into, integral to their worldviews. Sorry, I think, New Yorkers. I forget like just how bemused he is at like the world of Southern California mm-hmm. at the start of the movie. He's like, it's a- Come to LA, have a few drinks, we'll have a few laughs. He's These are all quotes from the movies tiger. that nobody understands. <laughs> um, uh, I got to say, um, before we like dig deep into it, Holly is like my favorite, like, lady character in one of these movies where like usually the lady character is kind of a throwaway and I feel like in later Die Hard movies the lady character is a way bigger throwaway if there's a lady character at all but like she's some cojones in this one yeah she's great she's a hostage negotiator for herself yeah yeah I mean like she's smart she understands like the she understands the play even though she doesn't get to talk to John yeah she knows their she gets their motive like the the robber's motivations and like how to yeah. work within that. And she knows how to keep herself removed from like the stakes of it. Right. Yeah. Because what happens is, so he shows up at this party and then it's Holly's in, work holiday party. Right. Holly's work holiday party in this major building, this office building that they all work in. And it is taken over by supposed terrorists. Led up by our darling departed Alan Rickman, who's looking real foxy. <laughs> just gotta say it's not a great german accent but it's a great suit <laughs> it is a nicely cut it's a suit, good suit. Um, okay damon sorry no no this is great uh teamwork teamwork yay makes the dream work <laughs> um so uh the would-be terrorists uh appear and take over the building and uh make play at holding the company hostage um, but you come to find out that it is all a ploy to capture uh, bearer bonds that are stored in the company's vault. Um, that they have a very complex plan for a type of vault that I imagine only exists in movies. Yeah, it they, has to. They, ocean, <laughs> they Ocean's Eleven did it before. Yeah, because well, yeah. it's like it's so dependent on like. The police have to do a thing. Yeah. They have to cut, like, the city's power. And, like, the FBI has to show up at a certain point and, like... And really, one of the terrorists has a chainsaw, and it seems to work for most things, so I don't know why they needed anything else. Seriously. Yeah, they drill through, like, se- six out of the seven locks on the door, and then they're like, the only way to get through this last one is for them to cut the power. I'm like, I feel like the drill was doing just fine. Just, like, just keep running the drill. Yeah, yeah, like, use that like a hinge and just swing it. Never <laughs> mind the, like... Pounds and pounds and pounds of plastic explosives that you have. Well, yeah, their ultimate plan is to make it appear as if they've died so that they won't get chased. Mm-hmm. So they have enough plastic plastic explosives to blow up the roof of this building, and they do during this, like, the fighting Climax that ensues. Of the, yeah. 
You're telling me enough C4 to blow up an entire floor couldn't get you through one door? Right. That seems, seems incorrect. Wrong. The fly in the ointment is our darling friend. The monkey friend. in the wrench. The monkey in the wrench is our darling friend, uh, John McClane, who has been barefoot and in a bathroom and then Out of all the manages... terrorists, I have to kill the one with feet smaller than my sister. Yeah. <laughs> he manages to like make himself go upstairs. Yeah, so he's to in the, the like, bathroom. In work in progress floor. Right. So he's in the bathroom when like the takeover happens and he hears it happening and so he kind of scurries away. Using his cop instincts. Right. And then he's basically fighting them like a running firefight throughout the building as this kind of heist hostage situation is going on. And eventually he gets the attention of the police who then barricade the building and the FBI <laughs> he gets comes in. the attention in. of the police by throwing one of the terrorists yes. out of a window and <laughs> onto, onto the Reginald top of a Vell Johnson's car. <laughs> Carl Winslow is there and it's great. <laughs> um that's that's kind of it yeah, really there's some like side so yeah that I mean great. in the yeah. end uh spoiler alert but in the end he winds up killing all the terrorists and Alan Rickman plummets to his death. Right. And they don't get away and there's the whole thing about her watch and blah blah blah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a weird moment, but it's fine. So that's a lot of Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, but we have a question about this. Yeah. Right. Which is, would it have been cheaper to just let them get away? Right. Because as they go through the movie, as we mentioned, they blow up the top floor. Bruce there's, Willis fucks shit up. There's, yeah, there's fighting all over the place in the building. They blow up that, damage. like, the third or fourth floor. They, Yep. Yeah. The th- I think it's the third floor. He drops plastic explosive down an elevator shaft and like blows out the whole third floor. The aforementioned chainsaw through all of the pipe work. Right. So here's, we'll kind of, I'll put it into pieces. And actually, so for this one and the next one, I'm trying a new thing. I actually built my spreadsheet in such a way that I'm comfortable sharing it. Ooh, oh, okay. so I will, notes. I will share it in the show notes, yes. but here's what we got going on. We have how much they stole. Right. And we're going to compare that to the damage they did. And I actually do two scenarios in this one. But the things that we are going to look at for costs. Okay. There's 100 cops. They say there's 100 cops out here. So we look at what two hours of their salary cost. Okay. We look at how much uh, life insurance they have to pay out because two FBI guys die in a helicopter explosion as well as the two cops that were piloting the helicopter. Mm-hmm. There's the cost of the helicopter itself because mm-hmm. it blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Ellis's life insurance who is like this... Schmoozy coworker who tries to negotiate his way out of the, this. Like, the shot. The true thing. villain of the film. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Honestly. What a jerk. Um, there's the cost of the RV. So they try to like storm the building in like a police armored vehicle that gets blown up. There's Holly's Rolodex. Um, Rolex. Holly's Rolex. Yeah. And, and her you know business contacts. Her business contacts probably <laughs> also get blown up. Um, there's the building damage. That's the big one, right? Because mm-hmm. like we said, they blow up at least the top four floors. And I do it. That's where the scenario comes in. I'll do one under four floors and one under a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the damage to the limo, because we haven't even talked about Argyle, but there's a limo hanging out in the basement and it gets he mostly like damaged. He's having a great time. And then later he punches a guy in a fake ambulance and it's awesome. Correct. Um, and then there's the cost of the engineer's salary because they bring out some city engineers to cut the power. Okay. Um, in the like scenario that the terrorists, the robbers want to carry out, do they murder everybody on the top floor? Yes. Okay. So they bring everybody to the top floor. They request helicopters right. to come, like a helicopter for the hostages and a helicopter for them to take them to the airport, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yeah. And then they blow up the whole top floor 
and everyone presumes they and the hostages have died. Have died. So yeah. no one goes trying to find them. Because when really, there's so many bodies anyway. So. Right, when really they got in an ambulance and just drove away and they kill all the hostages, but they don't die and they can be on their beach earning oh. 20%, which, by the way, that's also ridiculously 80s. <laughs> your investment accounts are not earning 20%. <laughs> right now, at least. Um, this is a bad plan. So those are the costs we're going to compare, but let's talk about what we're going to compare it to. Okay. So this is 1988. There is $640 million of bearer bonds. Okay. Let's put a pin. Go ahead. I was going to ask about your pin, likely. What's a bearer bond? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'll descri- let's talk about what a bearer bond is, but I want to talk about something else about bearer bonds down the line after we, at the very end. Okay. So what a bearer bond is. Bearer bond is basically cash. It is a bond that whoever is bearing it at the time, whoever physically has it. has it, is the person who that bond belongs to. Is that a typical thing for businesses to have? Because uh, uh, it well, seems you know like what? a bad choice. Let's just go into this now then, okay. actually. So here's the deal. I think Nakatomi might be a huge criminal organization. They've this been might like, be the Yakuza. Well, they were talking like the... Um, Part of the terrorist plot is like they're a, a company with shady business connections. So, so yeah, bearer bonds, they used to be more common, but like they get phased out mostly in like the early 80s. Like we're talking like 1980, 82 ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is 88. This is a ton of money. To have. So for a company to have this much in bearer bonds is unusual because if you're going to have a bond either made to you or made as you know, you're paying it, you write down who's paying it and who they're paying it to. So you, if you lose the bond, it's not gone forever. Mm-hmm. So like bear bonds are mainly used in at least once. They actually aren't even released anymore. But like at the time, they were mainly used for like not great business. Mm. You didn't want a cash trail, right? Because like yeah. why would you... You want a bond that you can just show up and be like, I want to redeem my bond. No questions asked. And I'm the one bearing it. It's it. Not. Yeah, okay. So I think Nakatomi might be doing some shady shit. That Ooh. doesn't really shock me, just because the movie does an awful job explaining what they do for money. Like I think they build Coke. something, but well, here's the thing: I base that mostly on the room of miniatures that. Um, oh yeah, the what's his name like, gets murdered in. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. What is his anyway? Yeah. yeah, he has like a park they're building in Indonesia ma- mapped out. And yeah, stuff. but here's the thing: if they're a criminal organization, and I'm not saying they're not, they're a huge criminal organization. Yeah. Because they say they have $640 million of bearer bonds, and they say that is less than 10 days operating capital. They say it in the movie. Hans Gruber says, hey, that's less than 10 days of your operating capital. Just give us the code to get into the safe. Wow. Which would mean that's $23.4 billion. In 1988 money. In 1988 money of operating capital, which is about the same size as like, so let's put it this way. Uh, operating capital is a little different than working capital, but let's use working capital. Don't worry about the difference. But the okay. point is, Apple's working capital is $27 billion. Oh. Google's is 88 So, I mean, it's like it, it can vary depending on the type of company and whether you're making things and not making things and all sorts of other things. But, like, you're talking, like, a Johnson & Johnson size potentially criminal organization Dang. that owns a 30-story tower in the middle of L.A. That has, like, 30 employees. That is like 30 employees. <laughs> yeah, 
only on like one floor. That or they throw a really shitty office party that everyone's like, yeah, I'm going home. Yeah, I got kids. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can't stay out late. But like, I don't know. It's pretty shady that they have $640 million of bearer bonds in their safe and it's only 10 days of operating capital. Oh, we're busting this wide open. So who's the real... You know, evil. I mean, the terrorists here. are still the terrorists. Yeah, well, that's fair. <laughs> Who said they're terrorists? Oh yeah, according to movie. They're an exceptional thief. I'm learning so much. Um, okay. okay. So we're Go working on. from so some absurd numbers that, right. and very shady things. To right, have. but let's say okay, let's say they're trying to re- like, everything's on the up and up, and they're trying to recover the they 640 just, like, million. They've got the, these bonds hanging around from 1980. Maybe, and they yeah, maybe never they haven't. Them. Yeah, maybe they just haven't gotten around to like maybe they have an expiration date that's further out. Whatever. So 640 million. What I did is I put that into 2017 money, what and then it? looked at all our costs at 2017 dollars. Okay. Okay. Just so instead of infl- deflating everything back, all I had to do is inflate the one number forward. Sure. So six hundred and forty million in nineteen eighty eight would be about uh one point three billion dollars today. I'll take some, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? They have to do enough damage to be worth one point three billion dollars. That's a I'm not... high thing to hit. That's high, but I don't think it's that high. Like Are you sure? Just property value mostly. And like the life insurance, I think. Uh, I think that's going to be a big problem. All right, so here's a fun game. Oh, boy. How much is a human life worth? <laughs> yeah, well, that's unfortunately been settled. But, um, yeah, just I like that we have you on different sides. So, okay. Yeah, like I feel like, you're, I feel like we're not going to get close. That's my theory. I think the property is the biggest part of it, just because, like, you got to blow that out to, like, man hours and, like, lost revenue and all kinds of stuff. Like That's fair. Okay. All right. So let's talk through it. Okay. So we got to get to 1.3 billion. So the first thing we do is the cops' time. Not a huge cost. No. Like seven and a half thousand dollars, because we're assuming cops make thirty-seven and a half dollars an hour. This is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Ooh, you again, that. I really yeah, I screwed <laughs> up the first couple episodes, and I will never do it again. <laughs> then we assume a hundred cops, two hours. So you know whatever. $75 a cop, 100 hours. You can see how we got to $7,500. Then we have the life insurance. So again, we take the cop's salary. And so I did two things. I took the FBI person's salary, which I pulled off a of glass door, and I took the cop's salary, which I took off of the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I assumed they both got paid twice their salary. Some overtime. Um, yeah. Some people get paid more on their life insurance through work. Some people only get one time their salary. There's not a set number there. So I figured two times their salaries, two cops, two FBI agents. So that comes up to be about $800,000. Okay. So. Not a lot. Chip it away. <laughs> yeah, Damon, you're <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, he, I see his confidence Chip waning. Chip away. Um, then we have the little. police officers. So I found a random website that lists how much police officers uh, police helicopters cost, so hopefully this Wait, is anywhere near well, right. That sounds like a was this for, dark web thing. Was this <laughs> no, for purchase? Or? Yes, for purchase. <laughs> oh, okay. Because they blow it up and presumably they have to replace it, right? No, I mean like, oh, no, like you, you as a civilian. A purchase it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's like talking about like police spending and what they spend money on and like okay. doing that sort of analysis. See, that's why I was thinking it was like a dark web no, thing. No, because like, if I found out how much helicopter? a police helicopter cost, I would be... We'd be reading about 50 sponsor messages right now because I would just be working my way up to buying a police helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about 3.2 million. 
in today's dollars okay. to replace that police helicopter. Are you and feeling that's, confident still? Again, I, to the building, and that's yeah, the one he the said. Property is, the property is where we're going to That's That's the moneymaker. Okay. It is, and we're working there pretty quick. But uh, this is actually the second biggest one, is the 3.2 for the helicopter. That's okay. on the high end, but I figured they called this a gunship, so I mean, I figured this is about it's as expensive as you're going to get for and a there's two of helicopter. Them. Yeah, but only one gets destroyed. Oh, the other one you gets away? To, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to replace Presumably. it. Presumably. You only see okay. the one like fall in flames. That's down the true. Building. I just thought they were so near to it. So and even if I would was, have to rewatch it. And but, again, we yeah. can do the math quickly at the end. I could double that and we could talk about it. But right now... I have a feeling it's not going to matter. <laughs> so. I see his confidence waning. <laughs> okay, so Ellis, I did a couple of things. Uh, I looked up the salary of a sales manager and put it toward the higher end because he's in L.A. Can we deduct how crappy he is from the value? And again, I did life insurance times two, so that gets you to $336,600. And then I added a dollar because he drinks a can of Coke. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> So that's that for Ellis. <laughs> and a can of Coke. <laughs> you know, it's attention to detail. That's what matters. That's what you're paying for on this read podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, then I found a site about how much the military resells their hardware for to police departments to figure out the cost of this like armored vehicle because it's, they're mostly generally military resale. Like your SWAT vehicles and a lot of that are generally military resale. These show notes are going to be swole. It's it's how long is this? It's like an eighty line spreadsheet. Nice. Um, that was surprisingly cheap. Two hundred fifty thousand. I would have thought oh. it would have been more than that. Yeah, but, you would think I mean, so. It's way, I mean, I guess it's just a car with you, more metal it on is it. Very but expensive for a car. Yeah, you're mostly paying for shipping. <laughs> okay. Uh, Holly's Rolex, five thousand five hundred. That's on the low end for Rolexes, Tacky, which though. is ridiculous. Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Makes me very sad. Yeah. Um, but I figured, you know, this is a company gift. They're probably not giving her their super nice Rolex, no. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the 80s when companies used to treat people like people, but still, I don't think they're giving her the high-end Rolex. What about Mr. Nakatomi's life insurance? Oh, good question. Did I put that in there? Is that his name? No. No. I don't think it is. His name, because he's not... Um, he's not the guy who owns Nakatomi. His name, hold on, I have it pulled up here, is, maybe I have it pulled up here, Vamp, Vamp people. Doodly do, ba do, doodly do, doodly when I think of vamping, I only think of like 1920s, like stage shows. Takagi, Joseph Takagi. Takagi, thank you. Thank you for vamping, Liz. That was perfect. I I have never seen you more worried about a thing you just did, but I appreciate you. You Um, know what? That's a good point. I missed that one. I will add it before we put it in the show notes, but let's assume he makes double what Ellis makes. And so let's throw in another 600K. Okay. Um, so I'll add that when we get to our final, like when I'm talking through it. Sure. I'm gonna need every every bit I can get. <laughs> Damon's like, oh, oh. Also, did what was the carpet? Did the carpet cost extra? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That looked like nice carpet. I think did you, you smell should up those the plants. <laughs> so the Nakatomi Tower. Yeah, that's the big one. So let's talk about that. It is the 21st Century Fox Building, which I did not know. Oh. No. Oh. So the good news about that is I can put a price on that building. Look at that. Uh, because it's a real building. This is why I love this podcast. So, in 1985 is when they, and I have an LA Times article about this, when they built it, it cost them $190 million. Okay. 110 of that was for land and construction, and about 80, 80 grand of that was for soft cost, which is like architecture and a lot of that other like stuff that goes into it that isn't just physically building it, 
and the land itself. Okay. Um, so the cost in 2017 all in would be about 440 and a half million dollars. So 440.5 okay. million dollars. Okay. Now, the thing I will say, it's probably more than that because land prices in LA have shot up much faster than construction costs and everything else. But presumably they wouldn't the have to rebuy the land. The land is not destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. So that really yeah. doesn't matter. So Damon. You're in trouble, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I can do math. <laughs> so I'm going to assume they lumped the land and construction in together, and I couldn't break that out. I just don't know enough about construction. Sure. So I just assumed the cost of construction on the aggressive side was maybe 60% of that land and construction. Sounds mm-hmm. like a plan to me. Which means, okay, 440, $444 million for total, $257 million for land and construction in today's dollars, $187 million for soft costs. 60% of that land in construction would be $154.5 million. For the, just the physically constructing the building today would be $154 million. Okay. So then we have to decide how much of the building is destroyed. And this is where the scenario comes in. So you actually see about four stories destroyed, mm-hmm. right? There's the C4 that takes out the third floor. And then the explosion on the roof presumably takes out about three stories. Mm-hmm. But the whole building's not down. No, the whole building's fine. Yeah, but it's not also. Well, like, structurally. Like, so I will yeah. get to that, yeah. Okay. So if you just destroy the four stories and you divide that $154 million by the 30, I think it's 35 stories, but I have the right number in here somewhere, um, you're talking about $17.5 million. Oh, that's nothing at all. Then you have the limo damage, which is about seventeen grand. I think I have the limo cost. And the engineers, it costs $190. Aww. They only have the engineers there for two hours. Like, I mean, not a big deal. you got to figure yeah. their union and they get paid overtime, though. So all that added together is $22,264,362. Add another 600000 because I forgot Mr. Takagi. So let's call it twenty two point eight. Million. That's nothing at all. <clears throat> so That's you're saying way number. shy. Ooh. So you're saying it's not a billion dollars. Is what you're not talking. a billion point three dollars. Weird. Weird how that looks. Now, <laughs> I also did this under the premise that they have to redo eighteen stories of the building, half the building. Okay. Because a, there's a lot of other damage to other floors, and b, if you have the third floor completely like vaporized, I don't think that's something you like. Do a coat of paint and move on. Right? Yeah. Like, there's gonna be no. structural damage. Yeah, you probably other stuff. ruined the. So like maybe you don't the have to the building. Maybe you have to build it all from the rest up. And if so, I'm underestimating. But I'll tell you right now, even if they have to redo the whole building, it's not gonna get there. And like they still have the parking garage. That's fine. Right. And the foundations are laid and stuff. So and it's possible they can maybe just shore up and do some work up, but don't have to totally replace. But anyway, mm-hmm. you do 18 stories takes out the 17 and a half for the four stories and adds 80 instead. So you wind up with 84 million adding Mr. Tagi's salary would be $84.6 million. Still high, but not way short of a billion and a third. What about the two security guards that are murdered? When are they, <laughs> they worth a billion dollars? They're not worth a billion dollars. I did not include them. They're um, unless their dollars. life insurances are two hundred and fifty million. Don't, what um, about that touch screen? The touch screen that they have at the the beginning of the movie. That that magical touch screen. Yeah, right. that's some piece of alien technology they didn't <laughs> have in nineteen eighty seven. Let me tell you. Um, now I have another 
angle on this that I do too, and I'm wondering if it's the cheating. same one. Oh, say it at the same time. Okay, you ready? One. You tell me yours first, because I don't want to cross talk on it. Uh-huh. Okay. Like, Damon just edited a podcast. He hates cross talk now. <laughs> so, when the building blows up and Hans Gruber dies, he's holding the bearer bonds, which then go flying <gasps> into the air and are like raining down on no. the plaza. Everybody gets a little bit of That's money. not mine. Assuming those people either take them or they're putting out fires and they get soaked or they just blow away, away into yeah. the yeah. wind or whatever. Like, they already have the $640 million of bonds out and these are bearer bonds. Whoever has them owns them. Wow. And more importantly, if they're destroyed, it's kind of like destroying cash. It's an, almost impossible to recoup that value. Right? There's no record of who owns these. You can't go into the bank and say, hey... I lost $20, give me $20 back. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You can sure try. So in theory, it was way cheaper to fight them and destroy them and, and win if they hadn't already opened the safe. But since they opened the safe and have the bearer bonds out and they just fly into the wind. They did both things. They so both is... lost the a billion point three and, and also, also did all this damage. Million dollars. <laughs> So you kind of win. So Damon, you kind of come back around and win this sucker. Look at that. Right. I had, what I, was your angle, Damon? Yeah, I, I want to know yours. in my pocket though, because the entire plot of the third film is kicked off out of revenge for the death of Hans Gruber. Oh yeah, that's right. Jeremy Irons oh, so is very upset. Oh, so we have to add. You'd have to add on the cost of the third film. Yeah. Because if they hadn't killed Hans, that wouldn't have happened. I say Jerry, Jeremy Irons goes like way further all in on the German accent. <clears throat> he does, but also I think that uh, there's. I don't know that there's like there's more bodily damage in the third one. There's not so much like, well, he's, like a single around. thing that like like there's not the same like destruction. Right, because he's it's like a it's meant to kill people instead of yeah. destroy buildings. Yeah, it's not a financial thing so much as a revenge. Well, it's a fa- it's a financial no. thing because they still still they rob a bank oh. and like okay they still a great deal of money. Um. But yeah, that's the other reason, again, why people don't use bearer bonds is because if they just get floated into the wind somewhere, they're gone. Oh, man. All right. I'm feeling pretty high and mighty right now. I thought my my pile of right. You wrote it it on a technicality, but that's fine, I guess. I mean. Oh, that's such a poor decision. Everybody invest your money, you know? like. Well, that is technically investment, but yeah, don't. Well, I mean, like. So, like. now, I understand that it is beneficial for shady businesses, but like, what was the original conceit of yeah, Barabons then? Just like, a different type of cash? Was it just to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly because I was not alive in 1980s and before that. Um, okay. But I would say, A, it's, I mean, part of it is it's very liquid, mm-hmm. right? It is kind of like cash. You don't have to necessarily, and it's, honestly, if you think about it, this is pre-internet. It's probably just easier record keeping. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, I mean, not that they didn't have bonds that had coupons made out to certain people and all this sort of stuff. But like, so bonds pay interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's often called the coupon payment. And the reason for that is originally for bonds, you got a bond and you cut off a section like you cut coupons out of a magazine and you mailed them to the company and they paid you your interest. What? You had a coupon. That seems really You have to remember, the, rule, the <laughs> rules of the world pre the internet are strange no, and disturbing right. and terrifying. That is delightfully old-timey. Right? Like yeah. all <laughs> the systems that people came up with when we weren't all together on the internet deciding things are like 
delightful. Now there's less vitriol and everything else. But like, so like that A, hey folks, that's why it's called coupons. So enjoy. But B, <laughs> I'm, it, a part of it was possi- possibly also just, if that's really working capital, if they're burning through it very, very quickly, it's not worth the time and hassle to get it made out specifically to you if you're going to use it five days later. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Or they're the Yakuza. And they're terrible, I mean, evil they Japanese company. Ellis does a fair amount of coke, like right in the very first scene, and everybody's just like kind of cool with it. I mean, they talk about taking over. They don't really, but they kind of do, because Takagi does that whole thing. Like, well, we failed at Pearl Harbor, so we got you by manufacturing videotapes. So weird joke. Yeah. So weird <laughs> it joke. It's kind of off brand. Yeah. Bruce Willis makes a weird joke to him, and then he makes that weird joke back, and I was like, well, this doesn't hold up. This doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah. The 80s were a different time. The 80s were yeah, a different very time. different time. As uh, evidenced by every movie star being garbage. Yeah. Who lived in the 80s. Hooray, 2017. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, that said, uh, any other thoughts on this? Damon, are you feeling like a solid win? Oh, yeah. No, I'm... <laughs> He's sitting there. He's I'm, got a grin all over his I'm face. justified. Um, <laughs> no, I think that was beautiful I, this is i mean this really is cool. why we sat down to do this i i loved this idea i really so. did the whole time and i'm so be gentle on me here folks i'm excited and terrified to put the research up on the internet so i'm really happy to hear like thoughts criticism things i missed i mean we already caught one tonight but also be nice i have a real job and this doesn't pay me any money so like <laughs> if i missed a penny here and there maybe just be cool huh yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or I I'll take hear... I'll take this away from you. Right, we'll take it away. I'll stop I'm... putting them up. I want to hear like cool like uh, like weird revelations that our listeners came to. Yeah, like, oh yeah. After reading this, I think that's like the most exciting part is like we put this information out there and then someone runs with it and is like, and this, and I think that'd be great. So if well, you could all just like follow some improv rules and yeah. yes and their <laughs> yes uh, and it, um, it'll be great. Well, that's why I'm so excited for our mailbags that'll start oh, dropping yeah. eventually because like people have come back to us with some really cool stuff they thought about. I'm so excited. Salt facts. Um, anyway. Anything else? Yeah. I think that's it. Good show, guys. Good show. Don't buy bearer bonds. Don't buy bearer bonds. I mean, where you can't, right? Yeah, not That's really. what you told me. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> not from the American government, anyway. <laughs> That's probably oh. true. There's probably international bearer bonds yeah. still. Man. Well, thank you for joining us on Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Uh, thanks. I said that already. Um, our Bye. Composer, no, yeah, our composer. composer is Charles E. Miller. Uh, and you can find us on iTunes and Facebook and the internet. Make Believe Money Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up with your thoughts. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, yippee ki motherfucker.